Welcome back, everyone, to R2 Cast number 135. The last episode we had um, was, I think it would be fair to say, probably my favourite episode I've ever done. It was it was really nice in that it was the group of us that went to Africa, uh, to Tanzania and Rwanda. Uh, speaking about that experience, we wanted to sort of really document how it went. The longest episode I've ever done um, by a long shot. I think it was two hours, 53 minutes. I haven't fully edited it yet. Um, but we just sat and spoke and just went over everything we'd done. There's one part in it that's a, literally a 10-minute monologue of me talking about the Kigali Memorial Museum. Um, and if Rwanda's a place that interests you, I implore you to go watch it. it is a, it's it's quite a, a touching part at that point. Lots of laughs, lots of emotion. Um yeah, just a really sort of sweet podcast, a really nice one to listen to if you have half a day. Uh, and then the next episode we have is with Grant Barr, uh, a man, well, a farmer who is making his way in the world of comedy. Uh, so very interesting. Um, I think that'll probably be quite a good crack as well. Grant's a good laugh and did find himself cycling from Aberfeldy, no, not Aberfeldy, somewhere near Inverness, too bigger, um, not Aberfeldy, that's the wrong name, I'm terrible at all that sort of stuff. Uh, in a tandem bicycle with his good friend Ali Brunton, so I'm sure Grant will have some stories for us. But today's episode <clears throat> is, let's give you some figures first. 9.6 thousand likes, 73,000 views, and that's all in the last two days, and that is purely on one platform that's on Facebook, mainly aimed at Facebook Live. Not a common stream for many places it must uh, many people it must be said we see social media utilized in various forms whether that's youtube tiktok facebook instagram but lives is not one in which many people have utilized as their main form of of content creation in this place you might be listening to those figures and thinking that must be a pretty notable social media account it is you're probably thinking it's maybe in the states or maybe somewhere in england it's actually about half a mile from where I am right now, um, and that place is Dalscon Farm, and we've got Ben Best, the man behind it here, to talk to us today. Ben, would you like to say hello? Hello, everyone. Just before we get started with another episode of the R2 Cast, I would like to thank our primary sponsors, A-Plan Rural. A-Plan Rural are heavily involved on the social media scene in the ag space with 120,000 followers on Instagram. They use this following to host social media takeovers with farmers throughout the country to showcase their stories. They also post to their rural community blog with further stories about these people in the industry. On top of this, they like to support initiatives that are championing the British agricultural industry, such as myself. So thank you to A-Plan Rural for that. Um, first of all, thank you for coming on. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Not at all, mate. Looking, looking forward to it. And I think from and the can I can I just say no pressure following your favourite ever podcast here, mate. They all are good. They all are good. It's just it. you, did, you did have it unfortunate with that one. I never thought I'd do it here. <laughs> I heard it like, oh no, I never mentioned this. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Um, we haven't filmed this one yet. This one might be it now. Uh, Maybe. <laughs> you never know. You never know. I think one thing I'll very much enjoy, whether the listeners will enjoy. Uh, you and I going on about this I don't know but you seem like a bit of an analytical mind you like insights you like social media analytics all that sort of stuff so I look forward to that but before we get into <clears throat> into Dalscon and, and what what we're going to talk about today Ben could you give the viewers a little bit of a background on yourself so we are if you haven't heard of Dalscon Farm before we are full name Dalscon Farm Fund we have slightly rebranded uh, in the last year, 18 months now, 
uh, to go along with our social media presence, basically. So Dalscon Farm Fund is the name of our farm park, and that is our, our main business. Um, and we've got a big soft play area and a farm park in Dumfries. So hopefully loads of you have, have visited and had a great day with us uh, before, for those of you who are listening. We are known on Facebook as Dalscon Farm. We were Dalscon Farm Fund, but now with the social media um, live streaming and live streaming our farming life and everything that's going on there, we took off the fun aspect of it. It's still a lot of fun, don't get me wrong, but uh, it actually more reflects what we're doing on social media. So if you're searching for us on Facebook, it's Dalscon Farm, Farm, Dalscon Farm on, uh, on Facebook. So yeah, you can find us there. So uh, yeah, we're a farm park, soft area in Dumfries. We're family run, myself, mum, dad, and brother. Uh, our two wives are involved as well. And yeah, we're uh, it's it's very much a family-run business. There's just the five of us at the head of uh, things, and yeah, it, it's it's great fun. We we absolutely love it. We're very fortunate. Is the whole enterprise based around the farm park, or is there a farm behind it as well, like sort of conventional farm, if you will? It's it's starting to move back to more conventional farming again um, because of the stream. You know, things have, and we'll probably get into this throughout the podcast, things have more or less turned completely on their head now with uh, the rise of our social media page. So before uh, our, our, our big viral videos and our big break, uh, you could say, we were almost looking at reducing our animals. Um, we, we're tending to find that before COVID, certainly, and I hate talking about COVID and the pandemic because everyone refers to it for every reason and every cause, but beforehand, I felt like public interest in the animals was slightly waning a little bit, I would say. And it wasn't maybe as big a draw as what we hoped it was. So we were just keeping things at a minimum number. Um, and then we started to, to figure out uh, we're going to do a few more events, especially around lambing time, which is uh, Easter holidays for us. So normally the first two weeks in Easter. And yeah, the event started... It really snowballing and doing well for us and we're filming the live births um, and yeah the, the animals have increased and increased especially in the last couple of years and we're probably sitting at the most animals we've ever had so the conventional side of farming is coming back uh, and that's something we're, we're really excited about. One thing I will say as someone who's done live lambing videos it's the heart's going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah there's a we we did a few and uh I vividly remember my dad um, being like, I'm just going to go check on her, sort of off camera, if you will, behind me doing a yeah. wee talk about what was happening. And uh, I was like, right, I'll pretend that's not happening. And then dad's like, right, on you go, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as we got used to it, we, we showed more more of the reality. But um, yeah, it, it was quite a quite a daunting task. But yeah. when, when did, when did Dalscon start? When did that begin? Uh, 2004 we started. So it was actually foot and mouth that brought us into... Um, soft play farm park uh, started off with the soft play and then grew into a farm park from there but uh, we were just young at the time and uh, what would we be I was 11 my brother was 14 uh, and my little sister would what would she have been she was only four so yeah it started back then foot and foot and mouth called all of our animals um, and from that we kind of thought do you know what farming was uh, everyone 
probably knows who's listened to the farm uh, to the farming podcast. It, it's backbreaking work, and my dad was looking at it like, you know, I don't think this is going to support the whole family when the boys get older. And um, I think we could hopefully get um, into another diversify slightly um, to get us a better quality of life. Uh, little did we know it's actually probably more hours than farming. <laughs> Having a farm park, would you believe? Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's quite full on, but it is a lot of fun, and we're enjoying what we're doing certainly. I can imagine a farm park has your opening hours, and then the rest of the times you're getting everything fed that you normally would. Now, yeah, if- opening hours is only really that's just the bit that you see. Yeah. Everything else goes on round about opening hours. So it's yeah, there's a lot of things go on um, before eight in the morning and after five at night. Is eight till five you're open? Yeah. Uh, well, we start, we, the staff mainly start at eight, um, especially farm park staff. And then uh, we open the, the doors to the public at quarter past nine and we're open until about quarter past five. Just on the staff thing, it's always quite interesting. Employment's a massive issue at the minute. How many staff do you have? So we've got around 20 full time and during peak season, we'll have about 20 part time as well. That's brilliant. That's amazing. Here, that's big for a place like Dumfries, you know. Yeah, it is, it is big. And they are they're probably more peak time. Um off peak season, we're probably about 15, 16 full time. Um, but yeah, it normally sticks around those figures. So yeah, it's um it's a hungry monster that needs fed, basically. I, That's what I always refer to the business as. I can believe that. I can believe that. And sitting here, those of you listening on Spotify and Apple Podcasts won't be able to see this. We don't have a video uh, version put on YouTube anymore. But from what I can see, and I think I'm just looking at a Jacob second from the bottom, fourth from the left, and the Al's Cousins uh, poster behind you. Um, But am I right? I think it is. Fourth fourth from the right, uh, second from the bottom. Uh, Looks like a Jacob. Here is it? Uh, fourth from the left, sorry. My bad, fourth from the left. One left, yeah. There, uh, Manx Lothian. Uh, oh, is it? Yeah, uh, Manx. I don't yeah. even know how to say that second. I haven't even heard of that sheep. Yeah, it's French. Uh, Th- thanks, Wallace, for bringing up the only sheep I've never heard of. No, nah, no, I'm just, I was just looking at it. And it <laughs> me to the next question. Same horns. Same horns as Jacob Ram. <laughs> it is similar. It is similar. It's me that's made herself look like a fool. I was trying to show up. Um, oh, it's a... Uh, we're, we're actually working with Al's Cousins just now. He's doing some artwork and stuff for us. He's a great guy. Talented guy. I've never spoke to him. I just just know well, I don't know him at all. Just have followed his stuff through Cami. Um he's good. Cra- crazy talented. Yeah. Genius. And super down to earth, really nice guy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he seems that way. He'd be quite interesting to bring him a podcast, actually. Um the what was I gonna say? Yes. The reason I was saying that was loads of different breeds of sheep on there, with you being a farm park. I'm sure people listening will be quite interested to hear. What do you have on the farm? I assume it's not just Blackies, basically. No, it's not just blackies. So in our commercial herd, um, we're mostly mules, um, some Texel crosses and Texels. And then on our more farm park, rear breed side of things, we have our uh, Rylands, Wensleydales, Jacobs. Uh, What else have we got in there? Rylands, Wensleydales, Jacobs. Uh, Greyface Dartmoors as well, which is a new breed that we've kind of brought in. Um, they're great because they're the lambs are probably some of the cutest lambs that you can ever get. Um, and we've also got a few Valley Black Nose as well. Brilliant. Well, they always attract, don't they? 
They do. You know, they're branded the world's cutest sheep. I mean, I think they're probably the softest sheep in the world. They're supposed to be living on the mountains of Switzerland. Uh, My goodness. They don't like the cold, they don't like the wet, and they don't like the hot. I was going to say, I thought their biggest issue was the was the rain more than anything. Yeah, they're not a fan. Of, they're not a fan of rain. You kind of need to wrap them in cotton wool. So, uh, yeah, this will be the first year we're actually lambing them. We're hoping to lamb them a little bit earlier this year, around about December. Um, right. And again, tying in with the stream and the uh, farm park theme, we're hoping to do a, a cuddle a, a lamb or a goat a goat kids in a Christmas jumper event this year. Yeah, what more could you ask for? I'll be. I've never had that in the podcast before, Wallace. I don't think I have, and this is a podcast where we had someone recently that said they grew up wanting to be a swan. We've had it all. We really right. Wow. (laughs) Um, That that sheep, by the way, Manx Lufton. It's Isle of Lufton. It's not the sheep I was thinking of. It's Isle of Man. Um, So I made I made a fool of myself more than every day. Every day is a learning day. Is it here? How true is that statement? I used to mum used to say that. I'd be like, mum, shut up, man. Like, no, it's not. Um, It's so true. Every single day. It is, and trust trust me, every day I'm going on there and speaking to people from, you know, all over the world yeah. on Facebook Live, you can get caught out so easily if you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so you're better just saying, if someone asks a question and it's something that you're like, oh, I don't know, could I, you know, you can't blag it. You yeah. have to know, you know, because they'll catch you out. You, you probably have a similar experience. Mine's slightly different. It'll be fewer people, but more directed. Um, ag students want to make you feel silly. Uh I have the exact same thing, trust me. I would just like to quickly interrupt the show for a minute to give you some extra information on our primary sponsors, A-Plan Rural. A-Plan offer bespoke cover for farms and estates, the UK over, and will give you tailored insurance for anything on the farm, from your old workhorse tractor that's been around 20 years, or a fancy new and exciting diversification. Um, That, yeah, there's always some... Of course it can, of course it can, but quite good fun. Before we get into the, the social media side, because everyone that's listening knows I just want to talk social media, social media. I'm really interested in it. Um, I've created a, a semi-career. I'm probably becoming career off of it, um, sort of side career, if you will. Uh, and it really does interest me, especially all the sort of science and, and, and research and tech to it and all that sort of thing. But um, what... Well, I guess what I'm more going to ask is maybe a question around the sort of moving towards conventional. You said you've almost sort of had to find yourself coming back into a normal farming calendar, so you've got more content for for that social media side. What sizes are these flocks? You know, like mules. How many mules have you got, for example? So breeding sheep this year, we lambed in 2023. We lambed about 110 sheep, which is it's not big on on normal terms, but for us. You know, we're, we're still growing. It's it's a lot for us. But we also kid about 80 or 90 goats on top of that as well. Right, okay. Yep, good fun. Uh, so sheep this year, we're hoping to get up to about 200, uh, 200 breeding ewes. And yeah, we're, that's probably about our limit. I don't think we'll go any higher than that. We're, uh, we'll, we'll look to grow to acceptable, sustainable, sustainable you know, level. And then after that, um, we'll, we'll be pretty com- comfortable there. Um, and then we'll kind of, yeah, we'll, we'll see where things takes us and what the future holds after that point. With with the farm park and the farm fun side, you've obviously found yourself sort of moving away from conventional breeds, but is there movement away from conventional farm species as well? Are you looking at different animals in general or what's, what's the sort of crack there on the farm? So it's actually the opposite. 
um, especially as things are growing, you know, as the more animals you get, the less time you have, obviously. So we used to have a, a decent Ryland herd. We're going to be slightly lower in the numbers with them just because obviously you've got fly strike, they're mega woolly and they're susceptible to it. So things like that, we're just slim lining uh, and we'll probably replace with a few nice Texel crosses. Texel crosses can be lovely and friendly uh, and they're really good for the farm park. They're, they're easy for us to work with, especially we're working quite hands-on with them all the time, as you can imagine around the farm park, they're seeing a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they, they work in pretty well. Not to say Ryland's not friendly because it's completely friendly. But when you've got 20 Ryland lambs out in the field, you've got fly strike. There's no doubt about it. So you're even, you know, with treatment, dipping, whatever, they still attract them. Just they're so woolly and it's so dense. So different things like that. You know, we're, we're every farm is the same. We're always kind of shuffling things to see what, what works best for us and what we can do. So we'll be adding some more sheep in. We'll be taking some more sheep out and, and seeing where we land. And I think we'll always do that. Yeah, and I think that's what progression is, isn't it? Seeing what works, yeah. see what doesn't, see what comes with problem. And you know, speaking of fly strike, the heat at the minute is ridiculous. Crazy. I'm cut out for this man. I'm not, I'm not cut crazy. Out. I was uh, we've got a Wensaldale ram and I was clipping his backside earlier and he had the the beginnings he didn't have fly strike, but he had the beginnings of it. And I was like, This is this is crazy. It's so miserable for them, isn't it? Oh, hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I think a lot of folks struggling at the minute. Um, <laughs> the heat is abysmal. I'm, I'm not a massive fan of the heat, in fairness. No, I'm me neither. Not someone that complains in the winter either. I really am not. Uh, here, if you're needing a, a farm tour guide, I do have tour guiding experience on farms. So, you know, um, if you need something. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I don't have to travel far. No. Uh, yeah, uh, we did one. I don't know if you've heard of them, Bellevue Farm on Mile of Arran. Um, All right. I'm from, from Arran. So, uh, when when I was back for summer last year, I had a bit of a shot and I absolutely loved it. And it was quite good crack. Did you? Uh, yeah. Yeah, really good fun. Just, I mean, I love working with kids and uh, just having the chat, like the daft chat with kids and the, the maybe a wee bit more informative chat with the parents. I really enjoyed it. So. It's good fun, isn't it? It's really yeah, good it's, fun. It's, it's quite engaging. So, yeah, give us a shout if you need a hand. It'd be quite good fun. And th- those kind of things, you know, like farm tours, um, be a be a farmer for the for the morning and be a keeper for the day kind of thing. We've put on a small animal uh, experience now, so we've got chameleons, parrots, oh, yeah. bearded dragons, hedgehogs, turtles, uh, more tortoises, a degu. If anyone knows what a degu is, and we've got loads of things like that. So we're uh, we're doing animal handling and more hands-on things with people and trying to do more talks um, for the public that are coming into the farm park. That's class. Yeah, it comes it comes a lot from um, the social media experience because we we find and I think it's a universal thing if you can entertain people and educate them at the same time, that is how you keep everyone's attention, and that is how you enhance their experience of coming in to the farm. I think that's really important. Edutainment, mate. That's what I was always told. Yeah, it's you know ed- education is a huge thing for us. I love teaching people. That's probably why i enjoy doing facebook live so much yeah and how long are your lives been it varies i naturally tend to find that after half an hour i'm starting to wind down the stream that's not on purpose that's just i start getting to the vibe of right that's you know we've been on a little while and that's probably enough and also 
for the for the social media aspect of things uh, and the algorithm that I was speaking to you before we came on air, that kind of hits the sweet spot of half an hour is just long enough for people to sit and watch for, but it's yeah. also not too long that they start the video and think, oh, this is going on for ages. I can't I can't watch all this. So half an hour's, you know, it's 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 pretty good and that works out well. Uh, and you can cover a lot of ground in half an hour. It's a long time. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, your biggest challenge for half an hour is probably staying entertainment, entertaining. Yeah. Thanks, Wallace. I don't think you're the issue. I just mean, <laughs> here, mate, I'm in the game of standing in front of people for an hour at a time. Like, I know it's a difficult task. That's it. No, it, it is. It, you know, you have to be, you know, thinking ahead all the time. And, and people ask, we do Q&As for our supporters group. And people ask, um, what's the most difficult thing about streaming? And um, do you enjoy streaming is a lot thing that we get a lot, a question that we get a lot. And of course we do. We love doing it. Myself and my dad are the main ones who, who do streaming. Dad streams two times a week and I'll be on about four to five times a week, depending on what's going on. So we're on, we're on more or less every day, apart from a Sunday. And I think if you... The most difficult part of streaming is, and I don't know how much live stream have you done, Wallace? Have you done a fair bit? I've not done live streaming from a creating content perspective. Maybe okay. I'm something that I think it's cool and I'll drop a live stream. I did one collaborative live stream podcast uh, with Ollie Blogs, but no, nothing really. I think what what I think is it takes a little bit of practice. So if you start live streaming, I'm saying this to everyone who's watching, if you're in the agricultural sector, you can do this. You know, that's what I'd say to everyone. It is not a specific thing to us that we've been successful at doing it. Anyone can do it. If we can do it, you can definitely do it. What you, a little bit of practice. Don't worry if there's not a lot of viewers right at the start. We didn't have many. I used to say to my dad, I remember coming off to my dad and we'd been streaming for about six to eight months. And uh, I came off the, the stream and I said, that was a really good, uh, that was a really good live that we just done there. We had 70 people watching live, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, and that's, if you think about it, that is amazing. If you can keep 70 people's attention for half an hour, you're doing something right. And, uh, yeah. you know, little acorns grow into great oaks. And that's, I think that's a great saying because you have to start somewhere and there's absolutely a living to be made at streaming and a good one to be made as well. And, what what the difficult thing is, I think that people just starting out trying to figure it out is you have to be focusing on your camera. You have to be, I hate dead air. Can't stand it. Yeah. I, I'm pretty good at talking as you can maybe, maybe tell. Uh, I think we're one in the same in that. Yeah, yeah I think so. <laughs> so focus on your camera. Always have something to say, something good to say. Where you're going next so you can't just say, right, okay, where are we going to go now? What are we going to do now? You need to be seamless at it. Reading your comments is a massive one, and that's something where a lot of people will fall down. Believe it or not, Facebook know if you are interacting with your audience, what you know, um, if you're responding to comments, if you're reading comments out, if people send you stars, and that's part of the monetization of Facebook, um, it's like a, a way for people to support you. It's almost like a tip um, that your your viewers give you. And you're trying to do all this at the same time. So reading comments, filming, engaging with your audience, 
asking them to like and share, remember. Um, and yeah, it's all going on at the same time. But when you get used to it, it kind of just flows and uh, and it's not so much of a hassle. But it just takes that wee bit of practice. So if you don't have many viewers at the start, do not worry. Keep going. Don't be disheartened. It's it's an interesting... I mean, it's just... it's. Uh, I've, I've become really interested in all of this stuff and the monetization I create isn't direct off of views. Um, and looking at sort of view monetization as well as sort of stars like you're talking about twitch obviously that the sort of i guess home of streaming it really kicked it off and then facebook jumped on and they really pushed the gaming side of streaming and then like microsoft got on board mixer all these sort of things and it's, it became a massive massive thing but I, st I still think this is the main question because it's a it, it springs out to me i said at the start you know a lot of people create content and a lot of people use a lot of different platforms, but Facebook Live is not one a lot of people jump to. There's people doing it, of course there is, but it's definitely your main form of mm -hmm. putting content out there. Why, I guess, what made you think, do you know what, this is the one? Was it, Was it? You'd, be, you'd said you were at six or eight months and you were getting 70, which is one, amazing, but two, also not, that's not going to create a living for you. When, when did you make the decision, right, we're going to go for this, you know, we're going to manage eight, six months to go for this. You know, what, what was, what made that? that yeah, we, we didn't make that decision. That decision no. was made for us. So, and this is what I mean by stick at it. It's important to persevere with it. And I think that's where a lot of people fall down. So even though there's 70 people watching live, it's remember, it's important to remember that a lot of people watch on catch up. Mm -hmm. So if we're averaging 70 people watching live, you may get like, 1200 views overall by people who are watching and catch up it'll come up on their feed when they're scrolling through later on so that normally lasts for about 48 hours where you'll see the growth in numbers and then after that it starts tailing off because obviously you've got your new content coming ahead of it and that always every new post that you put on it reduces slightly the one before it the one before it the one before it and um, so it's kind of a train effect so that's part of the algorithm what to do don't post too often or it's going to impact everything that you're doing so, and hopefully people find this interesting. If I'm boring you, Wallace, you are absolutely not another because I love this stuff. I read it at night. I'm a really sad man. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the decision wasn't made. We didn't make the decision of right. We're going to go for this, and we're going to get loads of views because it just doesn't work like that. So, like say, averaging maybe twelve to fifteen hundred views a video, mostly local people. Nothing much going on. And then November 2021, uh, sorry, end of October 2021, we were having our pumpkin festival at the farm. We had a pregnant donkey called Rio. And we were filming donkey births quite often. In fact, our biggest live until that point, we had a donkey giving birth in the field. And I think we had 800 people on. And that was, you know, 10 times what you'd ever had. It was remarkable for us. And uh, that kind of got the, the imagination going of, what we could maybe do uh, and that people were caught in and on to what you were, you know, that you were filming and starting to enjoy the content and wanting to see what was going on around the farm. So end of October, 2021, Rio goes into labor and we said, right, we'll film, we'll have to film this. And um, so nothing fancy, not even a streaming bracket. I'm talking phone, iPhone, no mics, nothing, just holding an iPhone right in front of us and the baby got stuck we gave it a hand out and yeah not you know not overly dramatic but 
you know, it's I think it went on for about an hour. So it was about an hour long live, which is more than what I normally want them to be. So that was around, I think that was about eight, nine o'clock at night. Uh, I woke up around three in the morning and checked my phone, as you normally do when you're in social media and you're interested in social media. It, you know, if you wake up, you're like, I'll see what see what's happening on there, see how the views are going. At that point, we had 30,000 comments and I can't remember the views, but it was in the hundreds of thousands. <laughs> and I remember texting the family chat and saying, what's happened with the video? This is crazy. I don't know. I don't, like, you know, we didn't know the implications by then. I don't even think we monetized anything by that point. Okay. I don't think we had any monetization on at all. <clears throat> So the views kept growing, and by the morning, I think we we're around 2 million views on the video. So it went viral, just one of these ones out of the blue, viral. Long story short, that video is sitting at 8.8 .8 million views at the moment. And the next day, we were, and this is by accident, I know now what to do with it, but the next day, I was filming the wee foal that we had, and it was cold, so we had a wee jacket on it, and he was wandering around about the mum. And I was like, he's going to do something here. He's kind of throwing a few zoomers, as we call it, you know, when they get really excited and kick yeah, their leg. Yeah. And he wandered up to her and went to do a, a zoomer and fell and rolled right over the top of her and done a somersault. And I thought, and I'd captured it on camera just by, by chance. Yeah. And this is what always happens with a viral video. The one that you least expect to go will fly. So I just, I got it and I put it on. Don't know what's happening here, uh, but pumpkin's having a good time. We need the baby pumpkin. Because oh, yeah. it's in the middle of the pumpkin pack. Said pumpkin's having a good time. So that was only, I think it was 19 seconds or something like that. It wasn't very long at all, if it was <clears> even <throat> that. But that got 12 point something million views. I think it's maybe on 14 million now. And that was really quick. So we're riding the wave of the algorithm. And that's what tends to happen when you get in the wave. And we've just been on one. I'll get into that later on if you want. Yeah, um, we're riding the wave of the algorithm. And the views just kept coming in. And people from all over the world started messaging us and seeing... Um, love watching your farm love what you're doing blah 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 and we weren't used to this at all we weren't used to the spotlight we weren't prepared for any influx in people and attention um, we had news outlets coming we're doing in interviews all the time about it and it was all kind of like a big haze where you know we're trying to adapt really quickly to it but we didn't know what we were adapting to we'd never done this before so we had another donkey who was pregnant at the same time and she gave birth about 10 days later. And by this point when we were filming it, I think we had 3,000 people watching live. And we kind of knew at this point that, you know, that things were starting to, you know, picking up momentum, picking up momentum. Um, and then we'd been to the market to rear breed sale back in that September of that year. And we bought a pygmy goat that was going at a decent price and I'd bought this pygmy goat, brought it back. Uh, turned out she was pregnant and had this was so say uh, Winston was the other donkey so the second donkey that was born so that was I think it was by the 8th of November so end of October and then the 8th of November that was a two donkey birth so the second donkey birth uh, about half a million views on it which is still pretty you know that's still unbelievable um, and then you know still gathering attention and then just by the best luck ever Content-wise, not saying farming-wise, content-wise, the goat that we bought at the market gave birth 
and had zero intention of looking after the baby. So I'd went over to our winter housing, which is a, a few sheds that we rent just across the road, between me and you, actually, Wallace. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know you are. And I went over and went in to check the pygmy goats and jumped over the fence and just about stood in it. It was this tiny, tiny little mite. And it had... I would have gave it no chance. It was so small. The mum had went away and left it. The mum had no milk, by the way. Once we figured out who the mum was, because she left, you know, it was hard to tell. The only way that it survived was we had a goat that was having a phantom pregnancy at the time and had licked the baby clean and, you know, thinking it was hers and stimulated, stimulated it to get up. Otherwise, it would have got too cold. Bear in mind, it's middle of November. It would have got too cold and all the birthing fluids and stuff, and it would have died. So unbelievable story and that we followed that for three or four months um and if you can see if has anyone watched can do you put this on youtube or anything no i stopped a couple of weeks ago but i'll have a look <laughs> she's got her own teddy now oh brilliant look at that so we get our own um we've got our own merch out she's called miracle um, and we've got our own merch out and we got a thousand teddies made and they're all over the world at the moment so that's that's how things got started. Like I say, we didn't choose it. Um, and I know I went round in circles a little bit while I was explaining that, but um, that's how things got started and the stream grew from there. And we, by that point, after that, we averaged 700 watching live when we, when we turned the, the camera on. Um, and by average, I mean, it gets up to there after about 15 minutes when you're live. That's when you'll reach your peak and then it'll stay roughly around there until you're finished. Um, so things had really grown. Um, and then in January 2021, people kept asking how, eh, 2022, sorry, people kept asking how they can support the farm and how they can support the stream. Uh, so we created our supporters group on Facebook and that's kind of, we're, uh, we're growing that just now. We've got 3,200 members in our supporters group. Right. And is that like a Patreon type thing? Is that what that is? Or? It's through Facebook. So Facebook have a supporters program. So um, the supporters pay, I think it works out around $5 if you're in the US and £3.50 if you're in the UK. Right, okay. Yeah. So £3.50 is kind of the standard um, and they get extra live videos and extra content from us and we'll do Q&As and, and different things. And yeah, there'll be, all, there'll be thousands of the supporters what, listening to this podcast right now. The yeah, are you going to share it out? Is that is hundred percent definitely <laughs> amazing? Um, yeah. The the what was I going to add? Yeah. So the thing that's always interested me about um viewership on lives is there's almost three figures. There's your that seven hundred that you speak about, and then three thousand. You know, or it was eight hundred. I think you said um that number's who's there now. There's a, do you get viewership on who viewed the video live? Like not consistently the whole time just who was on it when it was live and then total viewership will obviously be there can you look at that or can you not see that we can see so facebook's always a little bit behind so when your video uploads your live video finishes and uploads it's always a little bit behind so if we're just now our average for example is two and a half thousand people watching us live Aye, that's, so live. Yeah, that's, li that's live right at that moment yeah. If it, the way that I see it is right at that moment, I'm speaking and I'm in a big room and there's two and a half thousand people watching. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, got you. During lambing time, that goes up to about three and a half thousand. Um, but two and a half thousand for 
you know your your general videos. Um, so we can see how many's watched live, what your audience retention is, basically how how long they watch for until you know like they have to go and do something or they're wanting to go on to something else. People's attention spans are far, you know, mine included, are, are far less than what they used to be because of social media. Oh, um, I'm very much aware, especially when I'm making podcasts. Yeah, so yeah. you know you've got. Two and a half thousand people watching live. I would say by the time you came off, you probably had five thousand views on your video. Right. So, so that so means- people are coming on and off, on and off, on and off. So you don't get that live figure, and you, but you just get a view as a whole. It's important to remember as well, and this is throughout Facebook, that a video on Facebook, a, a one view on Facebook, is classed as three seconds. So if someone watches your video for three seconds, that's classed as a view. And you get you get nine second views as well, don't you? Or is that is that YouTube? You get three second, fifteen second, and one minute views, I think, and then three minute views. Do you know what your three minute views are? That would be really interesting. Not off the top of your head, that's that because Not off the top, man. you've got someone sitting for three minutes, which is insane to say. Yeah. That's a long time in this world. Yeah, um, that's. But you get your. I think our average view. And this, I know what the average view time is. Three minute views, they differ from video to video what you're doing. So it's hard to know your average, you know, but sure. I know what our average view time is and it's yeah. about one minute 47. That's a lot, given a lot of people probably now, click and be. If free. you think about that though, there will be loads of people who are watching that only tune in for five seconds, 10 seconds, and maybe they're, someone will swipe at their yeah. door or someone will swipe it or they'll have to do something to get called away. So you have to take that into account. So actually, you know, a lot of people are watching all the way through to get to that, to get to that average. And you don't have to say figures or anything like that um, here, Ben. It's just, it's probably interesting to folk that are looking to, to diversify. And you mentioned diversification. My undergraduate dissertation was on diversification. Um, looking at sort of the potential, what was it, the attitude? It was looking at, it was a socioeconomic study on um, basically opinions. So it was the attitudes of farmers towards on-farm diversification, looking at Brexit and whatnot. Um, so I'm really interested in sort of alternative income streams and whatnot in farming. But how many income streams have you got through this? Is it the farm park, Facebook, and is it like supporters group? Is that where that happens? You don't have to say figures of on it, obviously. But- uh, so... At the moment, just social media, obviously the farm park is our, you know, that's the business that employs everyone. Yeah. We employ a designer and editor on full-time off of our social media called Ellis. Um, and she works in the office all the time designing merch and merch and, uh, merch and teddies and calendars and uh, mugs and different yeah. things. I'll need to send you a... Hold on, Wallace. I'll need to send you one of these. Oh, look at that. Fantastic. Farmer Ben mug, eh? Love that. Yeah, you've, you've oversold your beard in that one. <laughs> oh, majorly. Majorly. Speaking of someone with an amazing beard. Um, so, yeah, uh, she designs all that kind of thing for us. So we are we do employ people off the back of the stream. So from social media side of things, we've got our Twitch cameras, which stream 24-7, our, um, our animal sheds. We have a telemetry degree. That's streaming on Twitch, sorry. That's yeah, we stream on I Twitch. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah we stream on Twitch. I think some or I think we've got um 
two million hours viewed on Twitch. Million hours, that's insane. Yeah, it's crazy. So we've got a Twitch and we have, to a limited degree, YouTube. We, we don't do huge amounts on YouTube, but we do work away on that. We actually, I started filming our incubators. So I was hatching eggs, ducks, chicks, uh, peacocks and things. And we actually live stream that constantly on Facebook during like the 24 hours that they're hatching. And there's primary schools all over the country uh, that watch the, the, they can't access Facebook in the school, but they can access, access YouTube. So they watch the eggs hatching throughout their whole school day to see when the, when the chicks are going to break out. So we do that on YouTube. Um, so we've got, you know, YouTube ad revenue. And then on Facebook, it's split into three different categories. So you've got stars, you've got ads, and you've got subscriptions. Yeah. And I'm actually just looking up Dalscon Farm now on Twitch because I don't know you. I see. So you're just consistently on there. That's insane. That's amazing. Wait, people watching right now, I guarantee it. There is. There's 45. And that's yeah. that's on just always. That always. Is uh, I think we've got our highest viewership on Twitch. There's no sound or anything on it, but our highest viewer numbers on Twitch, I think we got to 1,200 uh, when there was, a, there was a labor going on, I think. And during Lamin time, there's about... I think we average about five, six hundred watching all the time on Twitch at Lamentine. That must increase your welfare standards. Oh, 100 percent Yeah, definitely. I mean, don't get me wrong, it can be a blessing and a curse. Oh, I can I can imagine. I can imagine. It can. Um but I reckon, you know, this Lamentine could save 20 lambs, probably. And and even I didn't even mean that, that the surveillance. I more meant the fact that you have eyes on you literally all the time. Oh, so, oh, de- oh, do you mean like to make us, you know, yeah. make sure the standards yeah, yeah, yeah. really high? It has to be anyway for Facebook, so it's not as if we're doing anything different. Yeah. We do. We take pride in that anyway, regardless. Oh, of you course. Know, I, yeah. I but, you know, the eyes, of, the eyes of the world are on us and we need to make sure everything is absolutely right. And um, to give you even a, when I say the eyes of the world are on us, I don't know if it's, um, might be of interest. We've got viewers in every state in America, every state and every province in Canada, I think it's a province in Canada, every state in Australia um, and almost every town in Britain. That's amazing. Do you have, do you have um, country viewership? I mean, I, yeah. can, I can almost name the ones you won't have. Uh, I'm going to guess you're not in the likes of North Korea, Eritrea, Uzbekistan. <laughs> they're the three yeah, that are... They're on the, they're on the no-go list. Yeah. It's, it's amazing, man, the reach. It's, it's... So, so this one thing I meant to say, and I can just feel the listeners that listen for farming content with the questions I'm asking about social media, like, come on now, Wallace, let's check out the, the animals again, but... I love this side of it. Um, how do you... Yeah, No, it's not really the question. You're getting large, large viewership, especially at the start. You know, like, um, I know your viewership's bigger now, but that sort of massive jump, you know, yeah. uh, with Pumpkin there. And how much does that transfer to followers? Because a massive problem in social media at the minute is... You know, bite dance made TikTok. TikTok became this thing that people watched things for twelve seconds, and that was it. Um, and it was just this, you know, 
feeding that consumer bubble of just I need more, I need more, I need more. And then every social media realized how good it was. So Facebook did shorts. Eh, sorry, YouTube did shorts. Facebook tried lasso. It didn't work. Instagram and reels. Facebook and Instagram did reels. Spot, eh, Snapchat spotlight. And everyone's went into it. And what that's created is this problem in particular on YouTube where people's subscriptions are flying through the roof, but they're short subscriptions. So people don't actually care. They're not actually following. They're like, oh, that was a funny video. Subscribe. It means nothing compared to an actual YouTube subscription. And Facebook's not really been hit by that, which I think is good, but it must be hard to bring one fun video to a follower. Have you got, have you, is that something you've tried to work on? Is, is that something I'm guessing with your mind you have? Uh, yeah. How, how do you, is, is followers something you care about or is views more important? So, yes and no is the answer to that. And, a lot of your viewers will know Cami from the Sheep Game. Uh, Cami's a friend of mine, and we work together. He does; he actually fulfills all our merch, um, and we talk about this quite often. And it's nice to be able to talk to people in similar lines because there's very few people who do what we do, and there's even fewer people who do it to the scale that we do it as well. Um, and followers matter. But at the same time, you will see some of these uh, pages. And you're right, it doesn't happen on Facebook as much as what it does on TikTok or uh, YouTube. You will see some of these pages that have half a million followers. And there's actually one in America just now that's exa got exactly the same. This is a perfect example, actually. There's a farm in America just now that are trying very similar to do what we do. My dad does the 636 club um, and they do something very similar to us. Um, yeah. And their followers are exactly the same as ours, but we average, you know, at the moment, uh, because we're riding this wave of the, the algorithm, we've been averaging about 40,000 views per video and they will average about 5,000. Right, okay. So your followers matter because obviously that's more eyeballs on your page, but the quality of your followers are more important. So I would rather have half of the followers but double the views. So don't if you go onto a page, don't hang your hat on they've only got 100,000 followers because it doesn't work like that. And I think if you're if you're measuring someone's success or whatever you want to call it from looking at followers, there's so many ways to monetize things that aren't followers, you know. And there's there's a lot of different methods that there's people out there with less followers. I mean, notably less followers than others, making much more money or or making more of an impact that sort of thing. And and like you say, that good follower is much better. Do you have figures on? Very common on YouTube, isn't it, to have, um, you know, let's say 100,000 followers, but it doesn't even matter, the followers number doesn't matter at all. About 30% of the viewers are following stroke subscribed. Is that a thing on Facebook? Do you have a lot? Yeah, of yeah you, do get, you do get your figures on that, but not overall. You get figures on that per video. Ah, per video, okay. Which so is why it's difficult on Facebook with these things, because you would need to be, and every video is different. You would need to be keeping an eye on them. You know, they, they change all the time. You need to keep an eye on them 
over the follow their trajectory over the weeks. Like for example, a video that I filmed in March of Lamina set a triplet lambs. The first one came out was deformed, um, had a big distended belly okay. and no bump. So never made it. But yeah. that video got, I think at the time it got about a hundred thousand views. And then about three weeks ago, there's a massive Facebook algorithm glitch, which affected a lot of uh, monetized pages. It removed monetization with no warning, nothing, gone. It came back after a few days and my anxiety was through the roof. It was horrendous because it affected the whole future of the farm if our monetization. Your, your entire business, man. Yeah, 100%. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So it was, it was horrible. But what did happen was the algorithm switched like that and all of our videos started going viral. So this video, and I can tell when they're going viral because you can see the followers going up really quickly. So I always keep an eye on the followers. I'm always watching it. Like I say, they, they do matter as long as they're a good quality, you know, they're, they're watching your page. So I seen the followers going up and I said, we've got a viral video, but Facebook doesn't give you the option to see your most viewed video of the week. It just, it works away in the background. So this video in three or four weeks has went from 300, uh, 100,000 to 3.5 million. So off of that, you get, you know, you get a certain percentage of followers. So I can tell roughly without looking if we've got a viral video running in the background or not. I've also, we also had a miniature donkey giving birth and it went from 100,000 to 1.5 million as well. These figures are insane. I mean, um, I think the most viewed video I've ever had, no, nah, that wasn't views. The reach was about 850,000. I think the views were about 300. But yeah, your reach is slightly different. Completely different gig, yeah, 100%. And then insights are even, I think they've kind of changed the meaning of insights. Insights used to be, eh, not insights, impressions. Impressions used to be, um, like if I looked at a video twice, that would count as two, but reach would only be one. But I think they've just kind of marginalized the two and the same thing. But that video blew up in Poland. And ah, I, right, yeah. Yeah, it was really interesting. The only reason I really know it blew up in Poland, the figures for it was watched, but all the names were Polish and I looked at oh, right. you know, a few yeah. of the links and stuff. And yeah, it was just it's weird. We've had a few in Brazil. Okay, yeah, yeah. And do you know do you know Richard Cornock? No. Funky Farmer. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Richard has one YouTube video that's 19 million. Yeah. And uh, it's just a random video of him milking in uh, a sort of old school, not parlour, you know, just, what's the name? That's terrible. It's like what you think of, you think of a dairy in the 1800s. Um, but uh, Like a buyer. Buyer parlour, yeah, yeah. And uh, it blew up in India massively, just randomly one day. Yeah. Uh, but the thing, it, thing is, was useless. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Completely useless. Doesn't do anything for you. Yeah. It's, unless you're unless you're Australia, New Zealand, um, Canada, Europe to a certain degree, uh, and North America. Waste of time. Why is it a waste of time? Because you don't speak your language. Does that matter? Yes. Why? Well, they're not going to view your. You're not going to view your video for one minute forty if they don't understand a thing you're saying. Are you only speaking though? You you have visual entertainment in your videos, don't you? Yeah, but not without the commentary on top. It's difficult. You know, we'll maybe stop on a, a goat for 
five minutes talking about what treatment she's getting and what politics I think will work better on it. If they can't make out what I'm saying, they're just viewing a goat for five minutes and it's a waste of time. <laughs> just you're viewing a goat for five minutes, my dear heaven. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you saw, you won't have because I don't think we followed each other before. Um, but uh, at Highland Show, I was doing so we bit of presenting for the RHS TV, and one of the things I was doing was the goats. And they said, um, I was like, Do you have a script? Because I'm not doing it, I hate scripts, right? They were like, Nah, just walk in, see how it goes. And uh, I like walk into the thing, and I'm just like, This is heaven in a tent. Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely love goats, man. So I can, I can totally see that. So, there, um, you could have came seen us at the Highland Show. Did you know we were there? Where were you at the Highland? Wait till I show you. Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be class. What's this going to be? Oh, my God. So for those of you that cannot see, which is everyone listening, Ben is currently holding up the Royal Highland Show 2023 second prize in the donkey section. I, That's hate, us. I hate this. I was offered the chance to do the donkeys, and I couldn't. And I believe you had Grant. Was, did you have a guy, see, see a guy that was doing the presenting called Grant? No. I think so. Grant was the lady doing the presenting. Oh, well, there was a guy called Grant who was supposed to, maybe he hasn't, which is funny enough. The guy I'll be filming with um, later on. Uh, But uh, oh, that's class. That's class. Yeah, so we were there with our donkey. So this donkey that we got, it's called Zara. And I got a call. I've got this donkey. And actually, they said, I've got a donkey. She's half miniature. um, And she's in foal, but she's due to foal around Christmas. And we don't want the hassle of falling around Christmas. I said, we'll take her. We'll right. take her. No, half miniature. She's in full. We love her donkeys. If she's, if she's, you know, in full and you don't want her, my heart goes out to her already. I was like, we'll give her a home. Yeah. So she never fold until March. We're waiting from Christmas till March. Obviously, we didn't know when she went in with the mail. And donkeys is really hard to tell. So she didn't fold until March. And she gave birth to a little Jenny foal called Willow. And she'd never really been halter trained. She was very timid. I don't know if she'd maybe been, you know, given a hard time at one of her previous homes. We don't know much about her history. But she gave birth to this really cool foal. And I'd really wanted to go to the Highland show. And Graham or Farrier had said, take your donkeys. They've got a really good donkey class. So, um, Fiona and Sky, who's the well, Sky's the farrier's daughter, our farrier's daughter, that's Graham's daughter. And Fiona, who gives a hand at Lamin, we're up for the challenge of halter training them, getting them show ready. And that's what they've done. So they they worked, they crammed about six months' work into six weeks to get them ready for the show. We took them up there, had a huge streaming um, you know, like schedule planned for the Highland show streamed uh, Zara getting shown and she got second place in the in the donkey and Willow won best foal. Caveat, she was only full in it, but I'm taking the win. Here, but if you hadn't said that, how amazing would that have sounded? I know, but then everyone would be like, listen, because I know that all of our Facebook fans are watching and they're going to be like, Ben, there's only one foal in it, don't comment. My <laughs> mum uh, always used to say I was her favourite son. I am an only child, but... Uh, Take the win, Wallace. Exactly. She could say I'm her least favourite, which is also... Exactly. <laughs> I'd be more hurtful. <laughs> oh, that's class. You going back to... So, yeah, we're up We're up the donkey. We're going up next year as well. Um, we'll be doing... I'm going to have to get a Starlink that I can put onto my back so that I've got signal. It's shocking. 
Yeah, it was really, really bad. It disrupted our whole schedule that we had for the the Highland. And uh, I stayed up there three nights, and it was great. You know, we streamed from the ha- the Hooli. We went and seen Skippinish at the Hooli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And streamed from there, and I was dancing about, and everyone was having a great time, and watching the, the young farmers were having a dancing comp, like dance-off kind of thing, and it was hilarious. And I thought, you know, it's maybe not everyone's cup of tea who's watching our stream, but it's a different experience, and it's some great Scottish music. Um, and it's really cool. Uh, overnight, like 45, 50,000 views. And I was like, oh, God. oh, no. I hope these guys are all right with filming. How did I get to hear? Um, so are you wearing a bracket that just is it on your chest you're filming from? Is that How does that No, work? we have got a gimbal. Ah, okay. Got you. Got you. Yeah. So we film using a gimbal to keep everything um, steady, basically. Uh, we've got our. I was telling Wallace before we came live that we've we've got our new set. Uh, we've got a new set of mics so that there's two of us can be speaking at one time, um, and they're really clear, great audio, and we're really trying to increase the quality of the stream, um, rather than just being as amateur as possible. We're trying to just kind of break into the professional leagues, um, a wee bit more. So, yeah, it's uh, we're we're trying to progress. We're still trying to progress. See, when you were at the Highland Show in the Hooli, you didn't happen to see uh, a bearded guy in a green Hawaiian shirt doing the worm in the middle of a pretty packed rave. No. Were you, was that you? <laughs> You're kidding. Were you right near us? I always do the ra- I always do the worm. I love it. Was uh, Skippinish? Uh, no, in fairness, it wasn't. I was in the next bit. I was in the dance as opposed to the Hooli. Now you say that, that's a good point. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. Oh, if only... Um, you'll see it one day, I'm sure. Now you follow me. If you go back about two weeks, you'll see a video of me doing it. Um, I just, it's just so fun, man. It's such a great thing. And actually, great. there was there was a few folk from Northern Ireland, and we started having a worm off, which was quite a good crack. Wow, that, that sounds depends. terrible. Uh, yeah, this is family friendly, everyone. Well, kind of my choice, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're used to family friendly, I see. Yeah, that's it. That's an interesting one. Um, I guess your streams are family friendly. Is there a, is there anything you? I mean, like you know, for some reason, Siri's just activated. If is there any any content you do, which I'm guessing there is, with you know births and whatnot, that isn't family friendly, or is that I I think it's family friendly? It's <clears throat> Facebook. I guess it's up for interpretation, isn't it? It completely because our live births, and we have to be careful now. We have to be wary. Because we will get our videos removed if there's if Facebook deem it to be gore. So right. even though we love it filming our educational videos, and you can't don't tell Facebook this, but you can get away with it if you just sneak the odd one in every once in a while. You know where you're filming close up and doing the whole that. But nine times out of ten, we're filming from the sheep's head, and yeah. I'm presenting to the camera or telling everyone what I'm feeling, what's yeah. there. So we. I don't want too much gore on it. I don't think it's necessary. I think it's maybe just, you know, it's starting to get into the, you know, I, I don't think it needs that. Keep it classy. Agreed. I'm with you. I do think it's educational, though. So that's why every once in a while we will put that on. And if people don't want to watch that, it's completely up to them. And I totally understand. Um, but, yeah, the, the live births are sometimes uh, tricky. And actually going back to what you said right at the start of the video of live births being really difficult um you know filming it yeah well we do lamb and live here at Dulscon um 
over the Easter holidays. And we've got a mic set up. I wear a mic and speak to everyone. And we had a boar goat giving birth. And boar goats are reasonably simple. Have you ever kind of goat, Wallace? I have. They've all done it in front of me. I've never actually assisted in one. Okay. Yeah. So. Boringly. Boar goat. <laughs> Boringly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll crack the jokes, Wallace. Thanks. We're not on chickens. <laughs> there's no cracking. <laughs> <clears throat> so. Uh, Borgo goats are reasonably simple you know they have enough room but they're a nightmare for getting tangled up so if you're you know if you're all right at lambing you can get them out it's not normally too big an issue but on this occasion it, I think it was either Easter Monday or Good Friday and it was the farm park was packed one of the busiest days of the year there would have been about 300 people round about the lambing pen and I was talking away to them and I said, what we tend to do is when the boar goat starts giving birth, especially a boar goat, we move it into its own single pen because the boar goat or goats in general like to smack each other. And if there's one looking <laughs> vulnerable, they'll try and assert dominance on it and give it a good battering, basically. Yeah. So this goat started kidding. We moved it into the kidding pen. And I was saying to everyone, okay, we're just going to, we ring a bell when something's kidding and everyone come, come and watch it. So I said to everyone, Everything's progressing as it should. Doesn't look too bad. We'll give her another few minutes and we'll give her another few squeezes. What we want to see, the usual, my usual uh, script, or uh, not a script, but what I'd normally say is we want her on her belly, uh, on her side, sorry, with a leg in there and giving a right good heave. That's what we're wanting to see. If she doesn't progress by that point, we've got a problem. We'll need to go and have an investigation. So she'd done this a few times, side, leg in there, squeeze, squeeze. And I was like... You know when you start getting the feeling when you're lambing a sheep or you're kidding a goat, you get the feeling that something's not right. Yeah. So I thought, right, I'll go in and we'll we'll see what's happening. And I was starting to get a little bit, I'm normally quite calm in these situations, but starting to get a little bit worked up because there were so many people watching. They were literally engulfing like a U-shape right the way around the, the animal shed if you've been up to Dilscon. So Put my hand in, and I was like, feet are there, head's there. What seems to be the problem? I was putting my hand in, she had a tiny pelvis. So the gap to get this baby out was tiny, and it was a, a belly kid, so it had a great big head. So I started working away on it, you know, lubricant, lubricant, trying to get everything, pulled the, getting the feet, ropes around the feet, pulled the feet out, head fell to the side and we're, we're actually filming a supporters live at the time and my dad was filming it pulled the feet head to the side pulled the feet head to the side no matter what way I got that head it wouldn't come through and I was seriously sweating by this point you know the adrenaline's going by this point everyone you know the goat's starting to yell because she's wanting the babies out she's wanting them gone and she's wanting them out of her and she can get around to them and I'm looking I'm like I don't know if this thing's coming out of here I just I just don't know. I, th I thought it was possible to get out naturally, but not easy. Yeah. So cut off filming. This is after about 10 minutes, cut off filming, but everyone was still there. And this was the point that I wasn't really used to when everyone's round about you. And I'd turn my mic off at this point. And I thought this is, if this thing does come out, it's not going to be living because it's just went on too long. So the, the only way that I could figure out to try and get this baby out was 
push. I had the feet out. I was just trying to feet and a nose. It was the crown of the head that I couldn't get around. Only way I could figure out how to get it out, and it was totally against my, you know, against the rule one one of of lambing goats or sheep, is put the feet back in, and try and get your fingers and poke them down into the down into the depth, and just work the head through, so you've got enough enough room around there. So managed to get the rope in and just caught around the back of the head, and just without enough with enough room where the shoulders were out of the way, managed to pop the head out. Once the head was through there, I managed to get my finger around the side and get one leg and uh, kid her one leg. And remarkably, they were all right. They were fine. And the mum was completely fine as well. Give her a couple of days of painkillers and antibiotics. But that was, I still look back on that and just sheer dread. Because it was horrendous. It was by the time I was finished, it was, it was about one o'clock, quarter past one maybe, and that's when we get our lunch. I was exhausted. I went and just sat having lunch, like, oh my word, you know. <laughs> see if you see see if you were have see if you were just in the shed yourself, kidding her. You would have got it. Wouldn't wouldn't have been as bad, you know. You you could have worked away and worked away and worked away and eventually got her. It's it's three hundred people around about you, and all the kids are saying, "Mummy, what's wrong?" Why is that goat screaming? Why is that goat screaming? What's happening? But because everyone is invested in it, they're wanting to stay and see what yeah. happened. So it was really nice by the end. It had a happy ending because the babies came out and they were fine. And we always do our Lion King moment where they're born and you go, here's a wee baby and hold it right up in the air. And everyone, hey! So by that point, I couldn't have cared less. I was like wiping the sweat away, completely exhausted. My hand was killing me from trying to get through yeah. the, you know, get enough room. And it's just, and loads of y'all that's listening, I'm sure of lamb sheep like that, or even kid a goat like that. But it is difficult. You know, it's it's a difficult birth for mum and who's trying to lamb her. You know, it's really stressful. And I have, I, I can empathise somewhat, not 300, but probably 150, have done it in front of that. And it's, there's a pressure man it's like you you yeah. i'm very much a believer in showing the reality of reality of it but there's yeah. also like shit what if the wrong person does see this and they're like i oh. think I, I think there's a limit though isn't there i would say so there's all we always say this you know we try and show people as much as we can um and even like you know with fly strike we'll show as much as we can and actually maggot videos are great for views but read, but yeah. But there is a fine line of there's a little bit of fly strike here to maybe a sheep that's been caught for a day that's been away sitting at the back of the hill that you've not seen somehow, and you know it's down the sides and along the back. There's a limit of you know the the nitty gritty of farming that sometimes it doesn't need to be seen. I think even though the sheep's alright, don't get me wrong, the sheep's going to be absolutely yeah. fine, and it it will be completely like. A full recovery but still you know it's it's important to know where that line is yeah we're in the game of managing consumerism and public perception and stuff and i would completely agree with that completely agree with that um yeah definitely i hope you've kicked your feet up and got comfy and enjoying another fantastic episode of the r2 cast with another really interesting guest i would just like to quickly take another second to plug the sponsors of the show today, The Scottish Farmer, and I would strongly advise you to go out and pick one up this week 
and see even more of the fantastic people that are in our industry. Yeah, do you know what's really cool, Ben? Like you, 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 we, I bring on a lot of people here. Um, and I think it's really interesting having a podcast. The amount of folk you meet, you know, in the last in the last two days, I've filmed with fourteen people, you know, in farming, and just like the folk you meet and the ways people create a living and the ways people produce food or assist those producing food by promoting what's happening is so cool to see it all work together. And I'll be honest, as someone who is addicted to social media analytics and loves looking into analytics of my account and some other people's account it's kind of mad to me i wasn't really aware of you <laughs> and that's kind of crazy i mean genuinely, yeah. because i mean those that know me I, I really do i even teach it um looking at analytics looking at whatever and i did see you were doing something with cami and i was like, oh that's the place by me i'll have to look at them and i was like wait a minute <laughs> yeah. how didn't they know this was a thing and it's so cool to sit down with someone like yourself and just hear, you know, I think a lot of people that have have um, have big accounts like yourself, there's probably a, oh, they must have got lucky. Now, you've had a few occasions where luck happened. But oh, for sure. You were, you were, you know, you were eight months into a committed contract at that point when luck came. And it's really cool to, to see how you're utilising and also sort of analysing what you have and seeing how it can get better. So... Uh, I've, I've feared yeah, I think I think as well, and, and I actually had a, we work a little bit with Visit Scotland, and Visit Scotland are they're actually doing a case study on us just now about um, tourists coming to the the region and to the UK um, solely for you know how businesses are being innovative and, and getting tourists here, and we're uh, we're up for two awards actually for in the Thistle Awards for innovation and tourism, Amazing. and I think you know the amount of international um, try uh, tourists that co are coming solely to come to the farm. Yeah, is crazy. You know, thousands of people have came to the farm off the back of the stream this year, and li literally, you know, we and it's it's great. We spend, you know, we always um spend a little bit of time with them, talk to them. You know, a couple of minutes conversation. We get our photos taken or sign whatever they're wanting to get signed, and um, it's it's great to you know meet the people that are watching you all the time and you know to be able to bring a boost into the region of bringing all these people from all over to all the hotels restaurants bars into Dumfries uh we're really really proud of that um, and we're you know it's something I think that we are quite right to shout about to be honest because we're we're quite I, I would like to think we're quite humble and that's something that I like to like to shout about because it's a, a big source of pride for us that we're able to bring so many people in and support jobs round about in Fries. I think, one, you are very humble about it all, uh, and I assume that's instilled throughout the rest of the family and the staff. Um, but, yeah, you should be proud of that because that's amazing. I mean, whether that's you offering, well, assuming part-time or half full-time jobs, I know that some will be different, but essentially 30 full-time jobs throughout the year in a place like Dumfries, and then um, these however many thousand folk it is coming, only really to see you, and then that's benefiting everywhere else is amazing. I think that's brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. You know, even from, you know, we've had Australians, um, people from New Zealand, uh, who have we had this year? Pennsylvania, Hawaii, Alaska, Georgia, Florida, California, Texas, 
people from all over all over coming to see us, which is mind-boggling. You know, it's it's great. Here you are speaking to me about half a mile away. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, isn't it? But you know, like, I, I, and I had this, back to my point about Visit Scotland, so I got derailed off that. They were doing a case study and she sent me a, a essay that she'd done on us. And I sent her it back and said, no, I'll, it needs to be revised because it had said, um, Dalscon started filming during COVID. And you'll hear me at the start of the podcast saying, I, I hate the reference to COVID all the time because everyone blames everything, successes or failures on that. And I don't think that's right. Um, because of COVID, they started filming. Because people were stuck in inside of COVID, people started watching. Yes. And basically the whole thing was because of this. And I was like, we work incredibly hard. And there's a there's a team behind us that work hard. We've got a team of five mods on our supporters group that moderate all our comments in our lives. They moderate all the posts that go onto our supporters group because there's a private group with all their supporters in it. Uh, all the comments in there, they reply to messages. We got hundreds of messages a day. And, you know, I think to just say it's down to luck and it's or it's down to COVID, I think it's really unfair because the you know the amount of hours and dedication it requires, and everyone that I know that's been successful in social media, and I'm lucky to know a lot of them, and the network's growing. I think it's you know it, it it's everyone's dedicated to it, and it takes a lot of hard work, a lot of dedication, but you know you can make something great out of it, and like I say, I'm the we're the. Dulscon is the epitome of what you know what it can become and what you can do if you give it a shot. And that's why I'm so keen to help people, help other wildlife parks down south. They they message me asking for advice and what to do and this and that. And you know, I love doing stuff like that because I want the internet's a huge place. There's enough room for everyone. Yeah. And if you're good at it and if you stick at it, <clears throat> it'll it'll come. You just need to have the faith. Have you worked with Hannah Russell before? No. Oh it, Little Alf. No. No. Uh, I had Hannah on the podcast. I think she was episode 101, I think it was. Uh, but she might be one that he could, could get involved with. Um, here, Ben, it's been a pleasure. It's been great to chat. Uh, and you. Yeah, thank you. Really appreciate your time. You're clearly a busy guy. Uh, and, yeah, I'm sure everyone has enjoyed the story because it's, it's, a, it's a slightly different one, which is good. Um, there's two questions I ask everyone, however. And no one gets away with them. And I absolutely hate to be asked one of them, um, which I'm just openly admitting now. I didn't for about 100 episodes. And then someone said, that's a horrible question. I was like, do you know what? I know it is, and I'm going to own it. And that horrible question, because I have no idea what I'm doing in about half an hour, um, is where do you see yourself in five years? And the second question is, instead of going into farming, I'm not going to say that, I'm going to say, if you had any tips for folk getting into social media, what would it be? Um, so the, the five years one I would like to hit a million followers how far do you think that's away do you think you can do that before five years I think it very much depends on how many viral videos we get how successful I am in trying to fi figure out the algorithm yeah um, and the, the support and collaborations that we have between now and then which I'm always keen to grow yeah so I think within, yeah, I would say, you know, we're at 211,000 followers at the moment. 
I think that's your hardest. You know, up to a hundred thousand is your hardest. Definitely. You know, once you start getting to two hundred thousand, you're able to build a lot quicker. So, I would like to think within five years, yeah, we can. Um, I want. I've got some big ideas for the farm. My dad's got some big ideas for the farm, which is great. Um, and so does my brother. So, yeah, expansion on the farm upgrading our content and you know making things even better for everyone growing our supporters groups a big one too um and bringing on some awesome new animals is um is a big one for us so yeah we're um there's a lot going on i think there's so much going on that even in the next year i can't tell you where it's going to be because things are moving so quick and a lot of that's due to the kind of freedom that it gives us from from having our social media um revenue or to the degree you know you've got a, a, a bit of freedom to a degree to add different cool things onto the farm park and the stream uh, from our social media and so yeah i know it doesn't really answer your question but i would certainly like to hit a million followers one day and i think we can i definitely think we can do it i think you'll be at a million by next christmas wow I, I think I think you're wrong, but I would I love it, Wallace, and I love your optimism. I tell you what, I'll put a bet on me now that by 2025, yes, you will be above nine hundred thousand. Okay, and what are we betting? Are we having a, a lose lose for me? Isn't it? Uh, a co- couple of pints. No, nah, that's a bit boring. Let's go. Uh, let's go. I'll pay for your entry to the Highland. Oh, love it. For the all four days. But Great. Wait, but the, there's no I don't I, there's no way I can win anything here apart from <laughs> you you have a million followers or not a million followers, but still have at least two hundred. Makes no odds to me, but I'm looking forward to the Highland show. <laughs> um, Should be great. Um, um and yeah, tips for social media. I would say if you're starting out, it's it's undeniably difficult to grow your page. Yeah. First, first thing is have a good logo. Become recognizable, create a brand. Before you start, have your brand ready and rearing to go. That's one thing we probably didn't do. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Create your brand before you start. Do yeah. not get upset. Do not get discouraged or frustrated if you don't get the views straight away. Number three, and this is a big one, reach out. Message me. Message Grassmen. Message Cannon Hall Farm. I'd do it. That's how I got in touch with Cami. I went and interviewed him at the Highland Show last year. He hadn't heard of us either. Don't worry about it. You and Cami didn't hear about it as well as that's fine. It's kind of mad, really, when you consider it, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And they hadn't heard of us. And look what's happened now. Cami's done in the last year fifteen hundred t-shirts for us. Yeah. In the last six months, eh, the last four months, Cami's done fifteen hundred t-shirts for us from a new range of merch. Amazing. And the things that can happen when you just reach out and say, "Hey, look, do you want to come on our podcast, or uh, could I come and see you and perhaps be on your live, and I can say what I think about your goats or anything like that?" All that increases your brand and the answer might be no so what i've been turned down loads of times loads of t- i'm sure you have as well wallace if i based 
my network on how many times I've sent a request to someone to come on the pod- podcast and not have a response, I would think I was a failure. <laughs> yeah. You know, I would be mad. Utterly 100%. Insane. Yeah. But stick with it. Reach out. You know, I think that's a big one. And I've reached out to everyone and I've had no's. You know, I've had people say, oh, yeah, I'll get back to you. I'm sure you have as well. I'll get back to you. I'll get back to you. Um, and it never ended up happening. And then some people that said no and I'll get back to you have then said, I'll come to you guys and stream with you. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Keep doing what you're doing. Believe in your product. Practice it. And read up on what you're doing. Don't go on and you know, spout a whole load of stuff that you're kind of blagging because people will find you out and find you out really quickly. You know, have a good, stick to what you know, stick to what you know and don't try and go too crazy. Um, And I think you'll do amazing things and I think it'll take you far because like I say, and I know I keep saying it, but if, if we can do it, you can definitely do it. One thing I would add to stick to what you know is also don't be scared to try the things you don't, but be open about it. I think a lot. Yeah. Like, we all try new things. It'd be a pretty bloody mundane world if we didn't. But um, don't pretend you're an expert because then you will get found out. <laughs> well, I said that, said that before, Wallace, didn't I? I said, like, if if you don't know something, just say, I don't know, but I'll get back to you on it. I know some people who will know and who have maybe yeah. came across this in the, in the past and we'll figure it out. So um, go different places as well, I think, is a big one. A lot of our best videos and our videos that perform the, the most our videos that go, you know, we're, we're on a road trip somewhere or we're going to the market and, yeah, they, you know, we always thought people hated us filming at the market. Some of them probably do. We thought people hated us filming at the market. We're trying to be discreet. Now the markets came to us and asked us to do one of their podcasts. Oh, we love it. And, the, you know, we're at Lanark Market the other day and they know who we are and, People are watching and sometimes, you know, they're they're quite happy with a bit of promotion. So don't be afraid to do it. Spread your wings a little bit. The networking sector, and I am definitely not someone that hides from the fact there is other people creating similar content to myself. So if you do want to go and hear Ben's story on the H&H, the one and only podcast, go check it out when it's out too. Um, ben, thank you very much. It's been great. You're welcome. Um, for those of you listening, uh, a very interesting episode if you're interested in data and analytics it was probably up your street uh certainly very much up mine and also ben uh, throughout that told the very good story of how Doscon has become what it is and what it will continue to be 31st of december 2024 will be at 1.004 million is my guess so that's what i'm going to say it has been said on camera we're still recording. We'll see how it goes. Thank you so much for watching, and we'll see you for the next episode with Grant Barr, which will be 136. Thank you very much. I hope you've enjoyed another excellent episode of the R2Cast. I just want to take this moment to quickly thank our primary sponsors once more, Aplan Rural. If you follow Aplan on social media, you'll see the work they're doing to really promote British farming and back our industry. It's been a pleasure working alongside Aplan Rural so far and long may it continue. The values of Aplan Rural runs perfectly in line with the whole mantra of Rural to Kitchen and I'm glad to have them on board. Check them out on Instagram at Aplan Rural and on Facebook at Aplan Rural Insurance. See you for the next podcast.